All right, welcome on in to the AI podcast week number 87. Austin Coates live in Kansas City, Missouri, joined by my counterpart, Isaiah Sanders in Nashville, Tennessee. Isaiah, we are eight days away from Christmas. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good. Um, outside of, I got some major bruising on my arm as Oof. I took some bites in a Santa suit from Megan's dog and some other dogs at her uh, bike club today. So that was a lot of fun. Interesting. And I also hear that um, you have quite the conundrum uh, in the Sanders household as it pertains to uh, touchbacks um, <laughs> and the rules surrounding touchbacks. Your wife is not a fan. No, the wife is not a fan of touchbacks. She doesn't pay much attention to football. But whenever it's on and she sees a touchback, she goes on a little rant about how pointless of a play it is. She's like, I don't understand why is this happening. They need to get rid of this. There's no point to the ball just going out of the end zone or them just catching it and not doing anything. So, yes, every time there's a touchback, Megan lets me know about it. So, Mr. Goodell, this is our formal petition to you to do something uh, for this man's sanity, I believe. Uh, in the long term. No, I jest. But we'll go ahead and we'll get into it here. Chiefs victorious over the Patriots 27-17. Be honest there, Isaiah, early on in this game, it looked like this might be going the other way uh, early on with a, a Mahomes interception and the Patriots moving the ball with relative ease. Chiefs defense unable to get off the field on third downs. Yeah, no, I was concerned. Uh, third down defense was actually pretty good overall for the Chiefs. It was first and they, they didn't really put Patriots, unfortunately, in a lot of third down situations was the problem. Um, you know, Zappi was just taking really what the defense was giving him, um, just hitting stuff underneath. I think he, yeah, he had 23 completions on the day. Um, so pretty easy completing, completing the ball especially the Hunter Henry and Devontae Parker. Um, he looked their way quite a bit. Hunter Henry, of, score, of course, scored. And he had one touchdown taken off the board, um, I believe because of a holding call um, on the Patriots. So he would have scored twice. But, um, yeah, the very beginning of the game was certainly concerning. Of course, Butker misses his first field goal of the year. And uh, the Chiefs, they have a turnover. Uh, that Mahomes interception um, to open up a drive right after New England had gone down and scored. And so the New England's able to take the lead after that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that was huge because that penalty was huge because that would have put the Patriots up 14-7. Instead, they get the holding call um, and have to settle for a field goal. So huge call there. But yes, the beginning of the game and really the first half, was not great for this offense. Of course, we did get two touchdowns, and they they moved the ball okay. Um, but, you know, there was no running game to, to be spoken of um, with Isaiah Pacheco being out once again with the shoulder injury. Um, and as you mentioned uh, prior to hopping on here, we still had some wide receiver issues this game. Yes, and uh, let's start with that Sky Moore 
um, I believe had a fumble uh, in this game. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. I think I remember hearing that on the radio. Um, and then the one that everybody wants to point their fingers at is the Kadarius Tony uh, bobble that ends up going to the defender interception, which <laughs> unbelievable how this team continues to find a way uh, to make mistakes like that. Uh, and I don't know if you if you caught it. If you're watching the game, you did. Mahomes was ticked uh, oh, yeah. after that play. And I think, you know, it's about time. Uh, the pot is boiling over. I think we saw that with the way that, um, you know, Mahomes commented to the media last week about the officiating. I don't think that it was necessarily the officiating that got him to that point. I think it is a combination of how the team is playing and how his receivers are are uh, performing or lack thereof that has him so upset that he just snapped. And um, I think he's getting pretty close to snapping on the wide receivers and going full Tom Brady or, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it before too. Um, but look, Isaiah, if – if this team is making these kind of mistakes in week 15 against a what was a 3 and 10 football team, they're going to make these mistakes in the playoffs against Buffalo, against, you know, Baltimore, Jacksonville. Um so this is a huge problem that this team has had is turning the football over and the penalties. Um Lynn Dawson, late great Chiefs quarterback former broadcaster uh, for the team, always said two things will kill a team, and that is penalties and turnovers. And uh, no truer words have been spoken, uh, in my opinion. But back to this game, you know, I really think from looking at the statistics here, the Chiefs' defense, aside from you know, the early struggles, which I has kind of become a consistent thing, and then adjustments are made um, by Spags, um, really played pretty well again. They did, they did have uh, an interception. Um, the Patriots were 2 of 12 on third down, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, now, you mentioned, like, it was, the problem was getting them to a third down. Uh, originally, but what are your thoughts on how this defense performed this past week? Uh, defense, I think, played well overall. Like I said, it was just that on first and second down, the Patriots were able to move the ball with some effectiveness. Uh, Bailey Zappi just getting some easy completions. Um, but what I love to see actually was the run defense stepping up this week. Uh, the Patriots, the past few weeks, had been running the ball pretty well. Um, and they held Ezekiel Elliott to 11 carries for 25 yards. So I thought it was a good showing out of the run defense. Um, Legereus Sneed, he played awesome today. Uh, two passes broken up, two tackles for a loss. Um, this team had several TFLs this week, actually seven overall. Um, so like I said, they did a good, good job shutting down the Patriots round game. Um, and I mean, really that that's, we shouldn't be surprised by this kind of performance by Zappi because Spags, historically, he's been willing to let teams kind of 
move the ball with small small plays, easy completions. What he's not going to do is not going to get beat deep. And once you get into those third down situations, he's going to blitz you. And that's where we see Bailey Zappi taking those four sacks. And that's why they go two of 12 on third down. Um, so overall, a pretty good game from this Chiefs defense. Um, I want to go back to what you were talking about with Sky Moore. I mean, that dude should not see another target as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, he, he makes the catch, but immediately gets hit and fumbles the ball. You know, that fumble gets wiped off by a illegal contact penalty. So mm-hmm. the Chiefs get lucky there. Um, and of course, Kadarius Tony once again, leading to a uh, possible catch leading to an interception. You're 100% right about Mahomes just being frustrated with the receiving core. And I think it would do some good if he would kind of blow up at Tony or at these guys rather than just the referees. Like, there's only so much um, frustration you can project outside of the team. At some point, there needs to be that conversation uh, with those teammates. You know, maybe so it shouldn't be maybe not a public thing, but at least – on the practice field Mm -hmm. or in the locker room, like guys, I need more from you. Um, You know, we've, like you said, we've heard about that with guys like Aaron Rodgers, and he's done it much more publicly. Oh yeah. About it on things like the Pat McAfee show. Um, But I, I think I'd like to see Mahomes step up and just demand a little bit more out of these receivers rather than taking these frustrations out on the refs. Um, but once again, good from the offense to see, like, okay, we're actually targeting Rashi Rice the most out of anybody now. Uh, Travis Kelsey getting the second most targets. That's, that's how it should be every single week. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he made a heck of a catch in the end zone. Um, that, that was great to see his little five foot eight self going up for a ball. Um, mm-hmm. Again, He's he's proven, like, even though he's been rightfully demoted um, for Isaiah Pacheco, like, he's still a use there, especially in the passing game. Uh, let me ask you this. It brings up an interesting point with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, the Chiefs did not exercise his fifth-year option, uh, which rightfully so. But would you be interested in bringing him back on a lesser deal in a more role similar to, you know, uh, Jarek McKinnon-ish, or even the role that he, I mean, you would need to get more out of him than like the one carry a game that he was getting when Pacheco was healthy. Um, But would you be interested in potentially bringing him back on a one-year, you know, much much less deal than he would have gotten with a fifth year? Oh yeah, there's there was never a doubt they were going to decline that fifth year option. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see him, um, you know, remain a chief and take on that Jerick McKinnon role. I think he certainly has potential for that. Now it's free agency. Some team might look at this kind of stretch run with Al Pacheco and give him a multi-year deal. Um, whereas I would see it like you know, get, give him a kind of one-year prove it that you can do it again um, in filling the Jarek McKinnon role, kind of a one-year $3 million deal type thing. Um, and he might be able to get more from that from another team just 
just because teams are going to want to sign away um, any Chiefs player that's not a wide receiver. So um, I would not be surprised if he went elsewhere where he could possibly get more opportunities. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be happy to have him stick around and fill kind of that third down back role. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up going elsewhere either. Um, now, you posed an interesting question to me earlier <laughs> today, and I kind of want to know your answer. Uh, start, or excuse me, <laughs> bench cut trade MVS, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Tony. Your thoughts. Okay, so your bench start trade. Is that bench cut trade? Bench cut. Wait, well, what did what I did you keep? Keep one. Oh cut yes. One trade one. Keep cut trade. Uh, yeah, keep. We'll keep one. Cut one trade one. Um, so, whew. <laughs> who do you even keep? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, well, I'll 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 work backwards here. I'm gonna cut Sky Moore. Oh, I've seen man. enough of that kid. Um, there's nothing there. I, I don't see it. He has, he does not have juice. He's not beating anybody over the top. We're not seeing like, Oh, Mahomes missed him on a, on a go ball. No, we're seeing him catch a two yard pass. Um, and then we're seeing him fumble it or we're seeing him not finish a route and have the ball get picked off. Like kid has no value. He's not even like a great returner, which that was supposed to be some of his value coming into the league. Um, so I'm over it with him. Um, and then for whatever reason, I still have hope with Tony. Like I just have that giants game stuck in my head where he had like 12 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> like there's no doubt the kid has juice. It's just holding on to the football is a big issue, which at wide receiver, you're going to have to do. Um, so just incredibly frustrating play. Um, and then I would say, you know, trade MVS. I, who knows if you get any kind of value for him, like a sixth round pick maybe. Um, but that's where I'd be at with those three. Yeah. Completely agree with your Kadarius Tony point. Uh, I, I think there, there's still obviously potential there because of his ability and you know what the crazy thing, Isaiah? I believe he's only missed a couple games this year. He's stayed relatively healthy uh, yep. compared to his years prior. And we just have not seen anything from him. You know, we had that Jacksonville game last year where he put on a show. Um, I like it when they use him out of the backfield. It's pretty effective. But if you can't hold on to the ball, you're going to have a hard time seeing the field uh, for any team in my opinion. But if they were to get rid of Tony, someone would scoop him up, um, I think, and he would find himself in a similar uh, situation and role as he does on the Chiefs. Uh, before we get to the picks of the week, let's go ahead and talk about this game with the Raiders on Christmas Day. Uh, the Raiders coming off setting a franchise record for points and a half against the Chargers, uh, the Raiders, you know, should they barely beat the Chargers 
I think Brandon Staley's still the coach. They got Brandon Staley fired. Okay. Like <laughs> they got him fired Friday morning. Um, you know, the chiefs beat this team once They They might be playing with a little bit more life considering they're coming off of a 60 plus point performance. But the reality of it is the Raiders are out of the playoffs. They're six and eight. They're playing spoiler at this point uh, with a victory and a Broncos loss next week. The chiefs will clinch the AFC West. Um, yep. And heck, they might even be able to clinch it with a win by both, depending on the tiebreakers. Um, but what I see this game boiling down to is can the offense just play enough mistake-free football to get a win? I, I At this point, Isaiah, I really don't care how the wins happen. <laughs> just win the game. It's going to be ugly. We know that now. Um, but you know, seeing what you saw out of the Raiders in the first game where they were able to move the ball pretty easily early in the game and the chiefs offense struggled to move the ball. Uh, what do you expect for the chiefs to see on Monday against the Raiders? Um, I would expect the Raiders come out throwing, um, similar to what they did uh, in that first matchup, um, Aiden O'Connell was able to find Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams um, early on in that game um, and played well. We saw them use a lot of quick game, and so I wouldn't be surprised if Spags tried to have a counter for that. Um, but, you know, in a you, if I know what you know and you know what I know situation, we might see them take some shots early to try and keep the secondary back you know, try and hit Devontae over the top, try and get Jacoby Myers um, on the seam up the middle, something like that to keep the Chiefs' defense honest um, and potentially open up some of that quick game to keep Spags from blitzing um, a ton. So it'll be interesting to see what the Raiders come out with. They're certainly not going to put up 60. Uh, this is not a team that has quit. <laughs> by any means and so um i do not expect the raiders to score 60 let alone the 42 points that they score in the first half against the hapless chargers um but i still expect them to be able to move the ball now can the defense do anything that's another question um we saw in the second half that easton stick was able to move the ball um, against this Raiders team. He threw for three touchdown passes in the second half. Josh Palmer got wide open. Um, granted, the game was way out of hand. But um, the Raiders defense, you know, even with Max Crosby, they have a long way to go um, on the defensive side. And I like the Chiefs to get it together. Uh, Chiefs were able to score 31 uh, in the last matchup, and I think they can do something similar. Yeah, the Raiders really did have uh, success throwing the ball, getting the ball out quickly in those first couple of opening drives. Not to mention Josh Jacobs. Uh, he did break one off for like a, I don't know, 50 or no, 60 yeah, yard he broke touchdown. Like a 60 yarder off. Uh, now, game. he 
finished with 110 yards, 5.5 yards carry, but half of his yardage came from that one run. Um, so, you know, honestly, I kind of expect similar results uh, from the defense in this game and from the offense, quite frankly. This is a divisional team that the Chiefs have historically put up points on. And, um, you know, I feel like the divisional games storylines are all typically consistent, you know. So we'll see what happens as we go down on Christmas Day. Three games left before the playoffs, and we find out what this team is really all about. And with that, it's time to get into the picks of the week. And Isaiah, some pretty important matchups next week for the uh, AFC and the NFC playoff picture. And let's go ahead and start with uh, one that is uh, where the Pittsburgh Steelers hopes of not only getting into the playoffs, but also finishing with a winning record are hanging in the balance. Uh, the Steelers and the Bengals face off in Pittsburgh on Saturday. The Bengals coming off an epic comeback victory against the Minnesota Vikings. If the season ended today, Isaiah, the Cincinnati Bengals are in the playoffs, I believe. Um, yeah. They may not be. I think the Bills may have leapfrogged them. Um, no, nope. Bengals are the sixth seed. Bengals, the Chiefs would be playing the Bengals. How about that? Now, Jake Browning, there certainly has been a drop-off in the play from Burrow to Browning, but that offense looks great, even with Browning, and uh, he might be playing himself into an opportunity to, I don't know his contract situation, but teams are going to be inquiring potentially about this guy if he continues to play well, especially if he wins a game in the playoffs. I think he's got a chance to maybe get himself a starting job or be in consideration for that elsewhere. Um, but the Steelers, look, that offense is terrible. They thought the problem was Matt Canada. Turns out they actually are averaging less points per game without Matt Canada. So what do you think is going to be the outcome here in this game? You know, I, I love Mike Tomlin, uh, love the Steelers organization but i have to go with cincinnati Bengals um in their last five games uh, which the last victory was actually against the Bengals, uh, but the Steelers have scored 13 points 16 po- or 10 points 16 points 10 points 18 points 13 points um not great like you said we thought the issue was canada um but it looks like there's a lot deeper issues than that with this offense. Um, Steelers have a long way to go. Jake Brown has been playing great football. Bengals have won three of their last five, including two overtime victories. And so I like the Bengals to go on the road here and pick up a win at uh, formerly known as Heinz Field. I agree. I'm going with the Bengals here. They're eight and six. Um, you know, it's really getting down to it. They do play the Browns, uh, at the very end of the season. Uh, I'll tell you what though, the Browns win next week 
and uh, they're in, in my opinion. I know they they fell, or excuse me, they ended up pulling off the victory. I thought they lost to the Bears, uh, but the Browns pulled it off. Um, but still, I mean, this AFC thing's going to come down to the final week of the year. I can already see it. Um, and hopefully, the I mean, we'll see if the Bills can sneak their way in. Bills got the Chargers this week playing something called an Easton Stick. Um, not sure if that's a, a baseball bat model or a uh, hockey stick, one of the two. Um, but that should be an easy game for them, in my opinion. But moving on to a Christmas Eve showdown of two juggernauts, uh, the Dallas Cowboys just got throttled by the Buffalo Bills. And uh, they're heading down to South Beach. And they're going to play the Miami Dolphins, who just got done shutting out the New York Jets, led by, oh, excuse me, Trevor Simeon actually played in this game. Uh, He took over for Zach Wilson midway through the game. Goodness me. But the Dolphins, without Tyreek Hill, put up 30 and Raheem Mostert continues to dominate on the ground. Tua completed a long touchdown to Jalen Waddell. Um, you know, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys play very well on the road, Isaiah. And I think we saw that um, in Buffalo today. Um, and that defense maybe doesn't travel as well as it should. And I think the Cowboys' strength of schedule is starting to show. Um, a little bit. I'm not saying they're a paper tiger, but the Bills are not even the best team in the AFC, uh, in my opinion. And they put the beats on the Cowboys. So I'm taking the Dolphins at home. Uh, we know about the Dolphins' defense at home versus road. Completely different. Um, and that Miami stadium, the opposing team's sideline is in the sun a hundred percent of the time during day games and although it is winter it is still warm and uh, that will take a toll so I am taking the Dolphins here over the Cowboys Um, to me this depends on the health of Tyreek Hill if he can be back for this game he sat out this game against the Jets which obviously they do not need Tyreek um, against the Jets, but you know they could definitely need him against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Cowboys team that prior to today had scored at least 30 points in five of their previous games. Um, and Ceedee Lamb's obviously been outstanding for this team. Tony Pollard's been uh, a threat on the ground for them. Um, and yeah, the defense was kind of a no-show against the Bills today especially on the ground. Um, But I'm going to have to go with you. I will take the Dolphins here. Um, You know, the duo of Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain has been excellent for them, um, along with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. And so uh, Bradley Chubb played outstanding today as well for the Dolphins. I think he picked up a couple sacks against Zach Wilson slash Trevor Simeon. Um, and so I like the Dolphins to pick up a, another win at home here, which unfortunately, especially with how the Ravens are playing right now, um, probably is going to take us out of the conversation with the one seed. 
I agree, but uh, let's be honest. I, I don't think it matters at this point if the Chiefs <laughs> get the one seed or not. Um, we'll talk about that another time as we get closer to the playoffs. Uh, lastly, you mentioned the Ravens. They're currently beating the Jags 17-7 to in the fourth quarter on Sunday Night Football. Um, they go to Santa Clara next week, and they face the Niners on Christmas night. And that's going to be a heck of a game. Um, high scoring, I think. Niners victorious over the Cardinals, putting up 45. Um, Brock Purdy with four touchdowns. McCaffrey with three total TDs. Um, you know what? I'm going to take the Niners here, Isaiah. I think they're the hottest team in the league. And I just don't think that Baltimore's defense is going to be able to slow down that offense. They have a way of creating holes and uh, they make it quite easy for a guy like Brock Purdy, who albeit not the most talented quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying he's a system quarterback, but my goodness, that offense makes it very easy to put up numbers. No doubt about it. Um, San Francisco is playing outstanding. Uh, they put a beat down on the Cardinals today. Um, even with Arizona able to get some stuff going on the ground, uh, Niners' offense was just unstoppable. Uh, McCaffrey had, yeah, three touchdowns in this game. And um, Niners' offense just has been playing out of their minds. Um, so I like the Niners to go in on the road. Um, it, would, it will be a good matchup. Um, and like I said, the Niners' run defense isn't outstanding. Um, and the Ravens can really run the ball. They've been showing that tonight against the Jaguars. So actually, the Jaguars have one of the better run defenses in the NFL. Um, and the Ravens have been running at will. So it should be a good game. Um, but the Niners can just do more offensively and with it being at home I'll take the Niners at home there you have it that's the picks of the week only a couple more weeks of that and we will be talking playoff football in January and before we get to the Chiefs pick in the final play Isaiah you know what I gotta do is survivor pick time and I just want to check in with you. How does it feel for like the last 10 weeks? You're just like sitting on the side watching me pick winner after winner. Well, uh, interesting. You say winner after winner. Cause how'd you do this past week? Uh, well, the Falcons got beaten nine to seven by the Carolina Panthers um, but Isaiah, I'm not going away from the Panthers. That is a wretched football team. They are not good. And uh, this week, I will be taking a football team that I'm not... I mean, I don't know what they are at this point. They beat the Chiefs. They turn around and get mollywopped by the Bucks this week. And that is the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are playing the Panthers on the road next Sunday and I'm taking them for my week 15 survivor pick every week or excuse me week 16 pick every week is crucial now Isaiah I could be out 
before I reach the end of the season. And I'm, it's going to be pretty difficult, I think, down the stretch, given the teams I have left to pick. But I'm taking the Packers. We'll see how it goes. And with that, it is time to get to the Chiefs pick. And Isaiah, you mentioned it earlier. Betting line opens at 10-point favors for the Chiefs at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. I would say that's a pretty accurate line considering how these games have gone in the past years. The Chiefs have probably beat them by 10 last four times uh, they've met. Of course, uh, I don't believe it was last year, but maybe the year before the Raiders decided to, to dance and stomp on the arrowhead and the Chiefs promptly blew them out of the building. Um, I'm taking the Chiefs to cover and I'll tell you what, I took New England to cover last week at nine and a half. And by God, it almost happened. Uh there for a while. I was I was I was concerned. But I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm thinking this is gonna be like uh mm, do I think they get over 30? 34 to 17 victory for the chiefs. I just don't think the Raiders defense is very good. And, um, I think the chiefs defense again, will be able to adjust to what the Raiders offense throws at them. And, you know, it's supposed to be wet on Christmas day at Arrowhead. And that will definitely play a factor as well. looks like it's going to snow on the day after Christmas. So we're still a week away from that. And uh, the forecast can change, so we'll see what happens with that. But if it does snow on Christmas, the Raiders have exactly 0% chance that they will win the game. I will take the Kansas City Chiefs here um, at home. Um, and we will go 42 to 24. Um, I think we get some Christmas fireworks. Um, we'll call it, this, you know, this Raiders team scored 60. Antonio Pierce had no problem running it up against the Chargers. So I would not be surprised to see this Chiefs team come out motivated to put on a show at home, especially with how the past few weeks have gone for the Chiefs. Um, they just need to put together a full game. And this is a defense that the Chiefs would be primed to do that against. So there you have it. We're both picking Chiefs, and we're both taking them to win by double digits. So we'll see what happens. As for us, we'll be back sometime after Christmas. Have a great holiday season. It's time for the final play. Isaiah, the Carolina Panthers hosted the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) today, as previously mentioned. The announced attendance was somewhere in the ballpark of 70,000. Isaiah, when you get a chance, and you probably already have, look up a picture of what that stadium looked like. Uh, There might have been 70 people there. Um, I realize the stadiums report the announced attendance as tickets purchased. But Isaiah, do you want to know how much it would have cost you to get into just to get into the building for this riveting NFC South divisional showdown in Carolina. What do you think the cheapest ticket was 
Uh, I'm going to say 50 cents, Bob. 50 cents, and you would have got some change back, brother. Oh, my God. 42 cents before taxes and fees to get into an NFL football game. Now, you would have to pay me to go to a Carolina Panthers game, to be honest with you. That team is terrible. But are we living in the 1950s or 40s where 50 cents gets you something these days? I mean, 50 cents to get into an NFL stadium where there's like... a candy bar for that. Yeah, where you can't even get a can of Coke for 50 cents anymore most most places. Um, I mean, but that would get you... I mean, you could go straight down to the field for 50 cents. I feel bad for all those stadium workers who had to show up to work and uh, no one come to the game, but the Panthers won in front of their faithful. Um, so that's that. Cheap tickets in Carolina if anybody wants to go. 